So let's just get into it. There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, let's let's <laughs> get right into the movie that we watched, Brazil. Directed by Terry Gilliam of Monty Python fame. Made in, made in 1984, is that correct, or 1985? Uh, 1985. 1985. It was when it was released anyway, so they were probably shooting before then. Yeah, uh, let's dive into it. I understand you have some feelings about it. <laughs> I came so close to texting you, but I'm like, no, I want this live reaction. <laughs> I fucking hated it. <laughs> All right. It did not pass the Kyle test. Uh, we were like 15 minutes in, and I turned to him. I was like, we don't have to watch this if you don't want to. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Well, I'm weird. I like it. Uh, let's talk about kind of how it went down okay let's do it all right so we open up with this scene of clouds mm-hmm. and and you're given like a specific time i don't remember the time but it says somewhere in the 20 20th century i really also side note hated their typography choice to bold the first and last letter of things that drove me nuts personally as a designer but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was i did notice that whenever i was watching it this time and <laughs> That's strange. Uh, and then we get to, we immediately pan into a commercial from Central Services. Yeah, for your new ducts, like decorating your air ducts, basically. What do you think about their jingle? I liked it. We do the work, you do the pleasure. <laughs> I liked that, actually. <laughs> and then this shop window immediately gets blown up. <laughs> so. Boom. Yeah, some guy with a shopping cart blown to smithereens. Uh, and then we see the title, Brazil. Very ominous. Nothing to do with the movie, as far as I can tell, by the way. Just to get that out there. Brazil. Just, it's the name of a, it's part of the name of a song that shows up a lot, but. Yes. Yeah. It, this is not set in Brazil. <laughs> right, yeah. Aquarello do Brazil is the, is that, is that theme song, and people hum it, and it's on the radio. Uh, it's kind of ubiquitous throughout the movie. Well, it's stuck in my head now, so. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's catchy, catchy, right? It's um, but like as a song, I guess it's it's kind of like it comes across in that world anyway as like I don't know, kind of crass or carefree oh. and and just this blithe like dreamy. Yes, uh, but but that's completely like it's always really juxtaposed with what they're doing in their actual world. You know, it's a far off land that that doesn't seem to actually bear any you know, any sort of semblance to their reality, to Sam, the main character, to Sam Lowry's life at all. It's like an escape in a way. Yes. That's how I viewed it. At least. Yeah. It was, it's this fantasy land. Yeah. And after that explosion, then we zoom into a TV interview with deputy minister of information, Eugene Heltman. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forgot that it was Heltman. I just thought it was like an old white guy. I have white guy blindness, so. We'll see him later. And he's uh, <laughs> giving an interview to the, you know, the very adversarial press that is asking him, uh, you know, well, like what's behind terrorism? Mm-hmm. And his answer is that, the you know, his explanation for terrorism is that it's just bad sportsmanship, y'all. I thought that was hilarious. Like, they should just go play a sport. They'll be better. <laughs> yeah, they can't play by the rules, you know. And then they mentioned that this bombing campaign has been going on for 13 years. So they're the terrorist bombing campaign? Yes, yeah. The terrorists have been bombing shit for 13 years. 
Okay, I think I misheard it as their bombing campaign, so that's why I was confused. Oh, uh, well, there's... um. I'm sure that happened, too. <laughs> big ambiguity left in the... Well, like, at some point, Jill, we'll get to this later, but Jill asks... Uh, mm. Jill Layton, the other main character, and Sam's, like, obsession love interest, <laughs> asks him at some point, have you ever seen a terrorist? Yeah, and so there's, I guess... They might not exist, and they're just central whoever is, like, just blowing up buildings. Could be the government blowing them up, doing an op, and making keeping people scared and divided. I and mean, stuff. yeah, could be. That, that kind of makes sense. Okay. I We should set up real quick. This is a very dystopic, kind of weird sci-fi world. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we'll see, like, so these TVs are, like, very small, like, screens Mm -hmm. set in this like retro radio sort of body we see a lot of tech like that like phones with the switchboard mechanism on your end like the user has to do like switchboard (laughs) stuff on your phone where to put it it makes no sense yeah you see uh lowry will like when he put plugs in his phone sometimes he plugs into the blue one or the yellow one like he plugs it in differently (laughs) and you're just like how do you know yeah no idea um but yeah overall the tech is just like super clunky and useless like it tries to be very specific and does a bad job. Yes. Yeah. We see that it's malfunctioning a lot, basically. Yeah. So that's the world they're in. I mean, and there's a lot going on. The country, whatever country this <laughs> no is. No idea. And it's kind of implied that it is the country. At some point, Jill says, like, there's nowhere to run. Yeah, yeah. There's nowhere to go. I think it's it's a world government situation. I mean, for what it's worth, everyone in the film has a British accent, except for, like, Robert De Niro. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. And everyone seems yeah. to have a very British sensibility in terms of like their humor and their politeness, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the country though, spends 7% of its, uh, gross national product on security. <laughs> That's like, you know, they have a huge security apparatus. Uh, they charge people for their own interrogations and their own detentions <laughs> uh, to ridiculous. make up the cost. Well, hey, this is that's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Crazy, radical, and dystopian. Uh, every state in the United States except Hawaii charges people for their stay in prison. Wow. Wait, so, so I'm out of prison for however many years, then I get a bill? You're in debt, yeah. What You're the You're in fuck? debt for your prison stay. I did not know that. Yeah. That's insane. Mm. Yep, it is. <laughs> It was the it was part of the dystopian society here. Okay, I uh, did not know that. Yeah, that's fucked up. It is, but they do that. Great. And anyway, we see in this scene this guy's this scientist looking guy. I don't know what he does. Some government worker guy. He's dressed like a scientist, but he seems to be just like managing paperwork. So, which yeah, I guess a lot of people in this society that's what they do. Yeah. So he kills this fly. And it falls into like a, an automated printer mm-hmm. and it changes the document. This is the whole reason we have this, this plot. plot in the first place is the government uh, misprints a form and they print it Buttle instead of Tuttle. And so then the next scene is um, is the result of that. Yeah, the next scene is Buttle the, just getting arrested, just ruining this family's Christmas. The SWAT team just busts on in. Yeah, and this is where it's, you know, it's terrifying. I mean, they all come through the windows, through the roof, mm-hmm. through her, like, upstairs neighbor's, uh, like, ceiling floor. They 
tear through there. And this character is Jill Layton. That's the upstairs neighbor mm-hmm. who we in, who we meet hanging out in her bathroom. She's got this like mirror rig to see her <laughs> cheap TV. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's dedication. Right. It's just more of that like shitty tech. You know, yes. it's, it's like people are making do with way shitty conditions. I, I want to talk about the prevalence of those tiny TVs. Like everyone watches TV and seems to be obsessed with TV. And like that yeah. seemed very pointed. And what TV are they watching? Really They're watching old. old shit. So like it's right? implied that maybe no one makes new TV anymore except for like news. That's what I'm thinking. There's no there's no new movies, no new music. The music's kind of old and mm-hmm. stayed too. No new fashions. People are walking around in like 1940s looking <laughs> style. They all got hats mm-hmm. and 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 very conservative like cuts even for I mean like people dressed fashionably in the 40s. They changed it up, but yeah. like these guys are all like guy in the gray flannel jacket sort of thing. I mean, I think the men were very conservative, but the women kind of weren't like the mm. mom character at one point wears a shoe on her head, which is very mm, snow yeah, piercer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hat goes on the head. <laughs> so yeah, they take away Buttle. They put him in this terrifying full body straight jacket situation. Just the worst. They, they make the poor wife fill out a form like as she's freaking out. She does it, which is so weird. She's like, yeah, yeah. She's, she's, in like shock seemingly but she, she and he's still like press harder this time and like fill out the forms <laughs> so and the way the guy the nerd guy comes in after the SWAT team and he he reads off the announcement and he tells Buttle that he quote has been invited to assist the Ministry of Information with certain inquiries <laughs> <laughs> why thank that's you how for the he invitation. was invited yeah and yeah they gave her a receipt for her husband so like okay that's what, and that's he what had doing. a receipt for her receipt. Yes, yeah. He, it's, everything's in triplicate. <laughs> uh-huh. It was also interesting. Jill breaks in, you know, uh, pokes her head in the hole. Mm-hmm. And like the one kind of injection of humanity into this scene. Checking in to see if they're all right. And they just start shooting at her. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. They also have, this is just, I guess, I don't know. These little things to me stick out mm-hmm. as like building this world but the up there you have the departments of of works guys that are already there ready to fix her floor yeah right <laughs> and they're like you know she's saying like, oh this is, must be a mistake these guys are good and they're like we don't make mistakes and then they go to drop in the floor hole which <laughs> they do raids on people through their ceilings often enough that they have floor holes mm-hmm. ready to go mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just drop it all the way through yeah. they got the wrong measurement it was complete shit so yeah very clearly just a giant inept government situation yeah that's interesting we'll see kind of throughout that they are very much ubiquitous. they're all over the place they're in every aspect of people's lives like tangibly you see these ducts running through all the spaces of stuff that's being passed by the government. But even though they're all powerful in that way, they like bumble badly all over the place. (laughs) So the next thing they go to the office and you see like all these young men just like bustling about literally zero women in this workforce, by the way, like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's all these dudes and they're just like, pen and papers type in like hard at work. And then (laughs) exactly. And then when their boss goes in away in their office, they all just sit down and watch TV. 
Much like, you know, yeah. we've all had a very small YouTube window in the corner of our desktop. Like, we've all been yeah. there. <laughs> and they're watching on their, like, tiny monitors with their magnifying glass. Oh, my God. The it. monitors are insane. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I don't know, that's part of that stuck technology, right? There's no upgrade. Like, it's the a upgrade typewriter. would be with like a monitor but the monitor's like maybe three inches across (laughs) Uh uh-huh and then a giant magnifying glass it's wild like but that's what the that's what everyone at all levels really makes do with yeah i mean it's very much like if someone in the 1800s was like what would be you know futuristic Mm. yeah yeah so the next scene is like sam the main character talking to his boss and they're talking about this whole buttle situation and I thought this is what my theory of like why people are inept, like their conversations both this one, I think later too, the boss is very paranoid and very like he sees like clicks as like mm. a problem. Yes. He is always yeah. like, oh, Jeffries is out to get me and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I think part of the reason they're inept, I think it's nepotism is a big thing. Mm, connection. I mean, yeah, we'll see later that Sam kind of gets promoted and things like that based on his mother's connections and people you know suck up to the bosses above them mm-hmm. even when the bosses don't you know seemingly know too much about what they're doing either or about them like they're not great bosses they're still just kind of like making sure to pat the right backs yeah and i i think both in this office and later we see another office scene. Everyone is trying very hard to look busy and not actually doing anything. They just like want to mm-hmm. seem like like they're making decisions and that they're yes. they're getting they're, they're meeting their quota, whatever that means. And yeah. I don't think anyone actually cares whether or not they're doing a good job. Like they're they're just there to get paid, and understandably so, because apparently like you have medical gift tokens are a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, honestly, like you could see in our barbaric world. So, <laughs> Yeah, that one was not too far of a cry. I think Gilliam has a an anarchist sort of leaning to his critiques of in this society. Like, I mean, this is a, a critique of power, you know, and he's saying that you can't have this powerful institution because it's made of people and people are just kind of like pursuing their own petty ambitions and they're not, you know, their goal is to secure, you know, their own like niche, their own particular station. They don't really have a broader goal than that. And so you can't, you know, your, your structure will bureaucratize very fast and will just lock people into, you know, ruts. It'll get everyone into just like doing the same dumb stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I can kind of see that. I think what I found frustrating is the level of, incompetence both in people and in technology was to the point where it's like why would anyone put up with this and so i was like i get that it's satire and it's supposed to be funny like look how bad they are at this but Mm -hmm. like i i just had a lot of questions coming out of it like how how is this still a thing like like how how are people putting up with this how are how is technology not progressed and like i don't know it's it was just like I, I got the point of it, but, like, I didn't mm-hmm. need it so much in the film. Like, I, I could have used, like, 10% less. <laughs> you felt it was heavy-handed in that regard. Yeah, I think so. Like, I, I think you could have gotten the same joke without needing to do it that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. 
I don't know. <laughs> no, that's a, probably a fair critique. I'm sure people uh, agree with that. I think you could have reached more people because I think a normal person watching this would just be like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> and to me, it wasn't like funny enough where I was like, well, that's, it's worth it because it was so funny. I laughed. It was just like, this is just fucking weird and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's my review of the movie, guys. Weird and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't hate it, but. Okay, no, I do hate it, but I yeah. I understand it, and I think that I think that makes it okay to hate it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean you can like what you like, hate what you hate. Okay, um, <laughs> it's a taste thing. I, yeah, I think it just was not to my taste. Like I didn't. I am very into like character driven movies, and I mm-hmm. fucking either did not care or hated every character in this movie. That's a good point so i don't think the characters mean much beyond like symbols yeah like everyone's a role you know yeah. everyone is, is is a function or a a particular type of person in society but they don't really have individual foibles or things that make them interesting really yeah you know? let's let's bookmark that and come back to it because we should we should get through all this this is where we get our first dream sequence those are a lot. There are a lot of those. There's too many of those, guys. We did not need this many. You could have cut those in half. You could have cut them in half, both length and number. They're very weird, aren't they? I liked them, like, aesthetically. I thought they was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But, like, it hammered at home so hard. They're like, we get it. He wants to be a hero. We get it. He wants to save a damsel in distress. We get it. Capitalism is ruining the land. Like... Did you need to do it for two minutes? Did I need to watch like hills being disrupted by buildings for two minutes? No, I didn't. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just it was just too much. Just dude need to know how to edit. You had, like, you had something to do after this movie, didn't you? You had a place to be. <laughs> I was painting my nails. I had nowhere to be wow. like I, I was stuck here. Man, do you, I checked a total of three times. I paused to see how much of the movie I had left. <laughs> it is a little long. Uh, that's long. fair. It, that's my thing is that it's too long and it like is too heavy. Like just edit guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, they will get to it later. I'll tell you about the editing woes that this actually went through um, oh, with okay. the studio and stuff. But yeah, the first dream sequence and these dream sequences, they're very like symbolic. They're very like Jungian, mm-hmm. Freudian sort of weird stuff. He's soaring through the clouds and armor and like this fantastic face painting sort of stuff. I like his makeup. Yeah, I, I like. And that. he sees this girl with long hair, draped in a white cloth. And this is like in the first of his scenes, and in this kind of, mm-hmm. she's like at various points caged and. Yeah, all that. this trapped woman. Yes. Yeah, and he's <laughs> yeah. like trying to free her, and get to her. But faces all these obstacles. Yes. that That's the main chunk of the first few of those. Yes. Which, again, did not need that many and for that long. Uh, <laughs> but So it made, did make me think, like, is this guy, does he suffer, suffer from narcolepsy or something? Because he dreams, dozes off or daydreams a ton. You know? Yeah, I couldn't tell. I, I think, again, the editing of it made it unclear as to whether, like, at one point he dreams right after he, like, goes up to a cop and I'm like, did the cop knock him unconscious or oh, is yeah, this yeah, just yeah. a no cut? Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't tell what was an intentional cut and what was a, he's asleep now. And cut, I think you know? that was, yeah, <laughs> I think that 
at points he does kind of just like basically dream it while he's just in, daydreams. Yeah. While he's awake and everything. So yeah. Uh, what's next? He gets called into work and we see his shitty apartment, you know, making his breakfast for him shittily mm. with their bad gadgets. I want to talk about the statue outside of this government building. Extremely futurist, which was a fascist art movement. So, like, they got that the one right. huge imposing architecture and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like the angel statue. Like, that is straight up, like, proto-cubism shit. Mm, yeah. They got that right. They got... I, this is where we see a few of those posters that are around everywhere. I do like the posters and the poster design. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have some of the phrases of them that are, that are great. Loose talk is noose talk. Better sealed than sorry. (laughs) And it's got like a picture of a mouth with like a padlock through the lips. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have that one with the guy in the hat. Help the ministry of information help you. Mm -hmm. Be safe. Be suspicious. Be suspicious. That's good. I like the one that was like, don't suspect your friend, report him. Yes. That was fantastic. (laughs) Uh, Suspicion breeds confidence. Oh, that one was weird. Yeah. (laughs) Just in, that was like just black with white text. That was it. There was no. Yeah, not a great design. (laughs) A lot of their design in this movie was pretty cool. I liked it. Trust in haste, regret at leisure. (laughs) I don't remember that one. That's bad. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there was a lot of it, uh, a lot of cool ones like that. There was one for a holiday camp. Did you see that one? Oh, I did we'll not. We'll get to this scene later where these kids are playing in the street, but there you see this mm. uh, this poster for a holiday camp. Mellow Fields Top Security Holiday Camps. Luxury without fear, fun without suspicion, relax in a panic-free atmosphere. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, we're not too far away from that, I feel like. Yeah, it looks like it's set on an aircraft carrier or something. Like, it's oh wild. Oh, my God. It's so weird. So they had a lot of good a lot of good signage going on. They did. I like the signage. Okay. I think I liked it because it was in the background, because it was subtle, and it wasn't, like, hitting me over the head with it. Anyway. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> so he goes into work, and he goes through this elaborate security process with this, like, fucking robot that follows him around. Another thing about the office, kind of on his way in, we saw like a lot, a big, huge security checkpoint and everything. It's meant to like be portrayed as completely invasive. You know, they've got this mm. robot that scans you and all this stuff. And it's just like, uh, yeah. this is just a security checkpoint. Y'all like we're used to this now. <laughs> <laughs> like not a big deal. Yeah. And then he sees his dream lady on the monitors. Oh, yeah. He's talking to his friend Jack, who's like telling him. You're in bullshit records department. You got to go to like mm-hmm. cool information retrieve. And, but meanwhile, he gets distracted, yeah, by Jill's image on the screen. And he sees that she's at the front desk and she is inquiring about the arrest of her neighbor. And they're like giving her the runaround, yeah. basically, like, no, you got to go to this department. She's like, they told me to come here. And it's like, just, you got to you know. get this stamped by that. Yeah. <laughs> just bureaucratic. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Form filling, <laughs> box checking, that sort of thing. He talks to his boss about the check thing. Yeah, about the Buttle and Tuttle mess, uh, about just, oh, this wasn't our error, though. It was someone else. And then his boss is like, what would you do if you got promoted, man? And he's like, no, I would turn it down. And then he's like, well, you've been promoted. You better turn it down. (laughs) Um, Quick note, the goldfish bowl is stamped with the Ministry of Information Uh, logo. As is. I thought it was really funny. As were the teacups. And the everything. phone, and yeah, everything was, and we saw this on his way into work too. Like 
the panels in his apartment, the like table, the refrigerator, everything is stamped with like letters and numbers and stuff. Like everything's cataloged. It's so weird. (laughs) And then we get to meet the mom. Oh my gosh. I have a lot of feelings about his mother. So she's like obsessed (sighs) with plastic surgery. That's her thing. It's, there's this very grotesque pulling of skin happening as we first meet her. It is terrifying. Yes. (laughs) Hard to watch. He's just, Um, yeah. I do want to point out that it's interesting. The only female characters we meet in this movie are either like old doddering plastic surgery filled women Mm -hmm. and uh, like literal manic pixie dream girl situation, like literally a dream. Well, but okay. So I would say that, yes, it definitely fails the normal, the test of things. Mm -hmm. I would say that Jill is, you know, that's put on her by, Sam Lowry, that's not, she is by herself, like, not a super in-depth character, nobody is, but she's independent in her way and, like, doesn't really fucking need him. But she ends up with him anyway in a way that I don't understand. Maybe. (laughs) We'll talk about it. Okay. But, yes, in the the straightforward presentation of it, yeah, that, that does kind of, it's just kind of a classic the guy gets the girl sort Mm -hmm. of thing i just i thought it was super weak on this point and i was just oh sure so (laughs) uh gilliam is not super progressive Mm -hmm. as far as that goes um and he's actually not recently anymore but like been in trouble for saying some bullshit yeah Um, so he's yeah i'm not surprised that he didn't write women equally in his in this film here (laughs) yeah yeah i just i just thought that was very telling like these are the only kind of women that are presented and yeah so yeah Yeah. but it's also the society i understand that and like yeah i was trying to like interpret like how much of this is a choice of the director and how much of this is a, a saying like this is bad because fascism is bad look what it did to women's role you know they reduced them to clearly not being in the workforce and if you're rich only being focused on petty shit yeah so, i don't know it's probably a little bit of each honest he was probably ah <laughs> oh, shucks i gotta depict a society where there's no women mm. if they had worked with jill more to make her character more interesting then maybe i could give it a pass like yeah okay she's not an upper class like idiot whatever so yeah. that's fine but like i think they dropped the ball on her too so like that's why i question it sure yeah okay anyway he meets with his mom and she like basically got him a promotion and then they go to the restaurant. She is welcomed in warmly by the waiter. Mm-hmm. And then Sam follows and the waiter like bows up on him. And he's like going to fight him basically oh, to keep yeah. him out until his mom's like, no, no, no. You remember Sam, right? And <laughs> let him come in. It's it's just like, uh, you know, this is essentially what, you know, it's if uh, I guess fascism to me is like when you take capitalism and strip away any parts that are trying to smile and be nice to you, like, mm. you know, this is, if they could get away with it, this is what they would do to poor people pretty much everywhere. And, and to lesser degrees, they kind of do, you know, in capitalist societies. Yeah. Security is very important for, for wealthy people. I mean, in real mm-hmm. life and in this, like he, at one point he tries to get into a party and they like draw a gun on him until <laughs> yeah. he can be like, no, this is my mom's house. <laughs> yeah. They're super obsessed with it. They, th- I mean, you know, I guess it's from this kind of hypervigilant, like ever terrified of a terrorist threat mm-hmm. society that they've got going. Yeah. So 
they sit down to dinner with like her, his mom's friend and her daughter who they keep trying to set him up with. And she's like very mousy and awkward. This is a super fancy restaurant and it still has big ass ducts in, in it. Like yes, all yes, through I the middle. That. They're like decorated a little bit, but they are still like right through the middle of the restaurant. <laughs> and the food. Oh, I almost vomited. Ooh. So they have these TV menus. And you have to out. pick a number. Like he's just trying to order steak and they're like, no, you have to pick a number. Like they have a big yeah, he's like He's like fighting this dude almost. <laughs> <laughs> they order, you know, various fancy things and they all come out just looking like just various colored sludges and the picture is <laughs> on it. Yeah. And like to me that, okay, that one I liked because I'm like, this is what fascism is. Like, look at the good meal you're getting and it's like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So this is very, I do like that you like some stuff in it. That's, that makes me feel good. So it's just very hit and miss. Like some things are it like. It is. I, I, mean, I like the smaller jokes. I just mm-hmm. didn't need so many of them. And, and maybe it's just the dream thing. Maybe that's my big issue. The dream was a lot. And I think that especially we'll talk about when you get to the end. and, and It distracted from the plot in a way. Like I, I honestly think I would like this movie a lot more without it. Yeah. I probably would on the whole like it without that more because it, it's it's a level of allegory the film is allegorical itself already it's like did we need another layer, layer? yeah <laughs> so I, I agree with you there i think um second terrorist attack restaurant gets bombed and i mean everyone just keeps going which is very funny like they're still trying to have their conversation the quartet keeps playing it's ridiculous <laughs> And yeah, they have like the emergency response guys coming in and like helping people there. But they also have like the wait staff is like bringing up a screen to protect them from having to see it. (laughs) But okay, what I thought was weird about this is in this scene, it's like treated as very normal. And then later on, when a shopping mall gets blown up, like that one, everyone drops what they're doing. And I'm like, which one is it? (laughs) Hmm. It depends on where you're at in that scene. Some people will drop what they're doing. And if you look in the background and stuff, there are people still shopping and stuff. Okay. Okay. It's just that was a closer in shot. Yeah. And they were focusing more on what Sam was doing, but, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like a lot of people did keep going on like that's, and it's like a combination of kind of a parodying like the stiff upper lip sort of response. Like we can't let the terrorists see that (laughs) they're winning, you know? When George W. Bush told people to, you know, go shopping to tell, you know, to show Al Qaeda that we weren't scared. I mean, that was the thing. <laughs> uh, Forgot about that. Jeez. It, it's that sort of like, what response do you have to, you know, people dying? And it's just go cons- keep consuming. <laughs> yes. Yes. We talked about like, this place is so shitty. Like, I was confused as to like why people would put up with it. And like, I think the terrorist attacks are like a way for them to engender fear and, you know, be like, well, you got to put up with this crazy government. Yeah. Because we keep you safe, quote unquote, safe, safer than you would be without us from the, and do you want those people in charge? Like (laughs) they just blow things up. Like you can't, you know, not have us or it's, you know, I suppose you, uh, Sam says this at some point, he's like, well, I suppose you'd rather have the terrorists. Yes. Yes. He says that. And it's, and it's just like, those that's as critically as people can think in this society <laughs> is and it? you're right that maybe that's a little that's a little hyper exaggerated and it's like obviously some people would be asking some questions right but yeah i think it's just trying to it's not trying to deal realistically it's trying to deal pretty it's much satire. only in symbols yeah yeah i think my question though is 
if we posit, okay, maybe the government is actually doing these terrorist attacks. True. Could be. Could be. Because they're so ubiquitous and they want, you know, and total power. And it's easy power. to blow shit up and to yeah. investigate yourself and say, oh, it wasn't me. So I mean, it doesn't really require a ton of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like yeah. their... That's half their job. <laughs> so much of the... Yeah, shit. so much of the foiled terrorist attacks that <laughs> the FBI has foiled was them egging on people. Yeah. It's insane. So... I, th- I think where it maybe falls down a little bit for me in this movie is that it happens so frequently that like any normal person in the society would be like, well, you're not stopping the terrorists. So like you're doing a bad job. Yeah. So I don't feel safe from terrorists. So you're saying there should be a bigger drive for change. I think so. Like I, I just, it's just, it's, they're kind of talking out of both sides of their mouth saying that like, yeah, terrorism happens all the time, and that's why we have to be hyper-vigilant so that terrorism can happen less. Also, we're going to pretend it's not happening while we're in this fancy restaurant. Like, it's just like, there's a lot happening. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. And I guess we'll find out a little bit more about maybe why there aren't more people taken to the streets or, you know, doing more rebellion-style stuff in an organized way uh, a little while later. The next thing we see, oh, Sam has gone home. Yeah, and his apartment is, uh, he, it's the, the AC is, is out. Yeah, and it seems like the heat is on overdrive. Like, he's just sweating up like crazy. So he calls Central Services, and they're like, cool. Well, no, they, they have a recording that says it's not a recording, being like, yeah. we'll get someone there. And yeah, you know, we've all it's been there, too. It's short-staffed. <laughs> And yeah, they can't provide them with basic services and stuff like that. Okay, well, this is one thing you've been talking about is why don't people do something about this, about these like chronic shortages of things and how everything is shitty. And it's like, for one, I would say maybe capitalism, again, kind of already has these shortages built in. It's just allocated by wealth. You know, it's just it's good enough for a lot of people and tolerable for a chunk of people and really shitty for people too poor to matter yeah okay let me maybe this is skipping ahead a little after i watch this movie sometimes i watch something and i'm like that was very confusing i'm gonna see what people on the internet think yeah and i did that and i read like a few reviews and then i went to reddit because i was like i just feel like torturing myself i guess (laughs) (laughs) it made me hate it even more but what like made me want to throw over my coffee table was that someone said this was a communist society. Yeah. And I think maybe that's my problem with this movie is they did not make it clear. <laughs> that, right. Like, I don't think they drove the capitalism quite hard enough. It just made it seem like big government bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Let's, let's, that's a critique of mine. And we can, we can go ahead and bring this up, I think, because enough of the world has been set by this point. We can talk about it. So, I think Gilliam probably had some sort of blended critique of it was just, you know, for him, obviously, I don't think he liked fascism, but he probably obviously didn't like, you know, state socialism of the Soviet Union or anything. Like, he probably was critiquing that. Uh, Because, like I said, he he has kind of an anarchist streak to him. Authority, that's what he doesn't like. Uh, But I would say, you know, that those Reddit readings and whatever were, were completely off base. Like, this is obviously not communistic or or socialistic they have consumers for christ running i saw around. that that was really good <laughs> okay yeah i um, i saw that but like okay, maybe i'm just like misunderstanding what fascism is <laughs> because 
wouldn't you see the government also like subcontracting things out to companies? Uh, you could, or the government could just do it. Like capitalists are perfectly willing to let the, you know, to let the military do a ton of stuff, you know, when it benefits mm-hmm. them. Capitalists aren't fundamentally anti-government. They want the government to work for them, same as anybody. That's what, uh, mm-hmm. that's what, uh, Engels laid out in saying that the capitalists, you know, they'll use the state when it comes down to it, when they need to, when they need it to solve their problems. Mm-hmm. But I, I think fascism, a way to think of it, a simple way, is it's just capitalism with the mask off. It's capitalism in a corner when it's willing to do whatever it takes. I feel like we didn't see enough corporations for that to be clear in this movie. We saw hints of it, like the medical tokens line, mm-hmm. the... All the shopping. The and... shopping, yeah, the consumerist end. But to me, that puts the blame on consumers more than it does like the companies. We never saw a big, bad corporation. It was all big, bad government. That's a good point. Yeah, I think that could have been a clear critique. I was just looking more on, I guess, yeah, the the consumer side of it, the inequality of it, you know, in terms of wealth, in terms of power, mm-hmm. and the rampant uh, disregard for the earth as well, like, you know, yeah. just complete devastation on that regard. But I mean, if you look even at the consumer stuff, it was very much like, look at all these like little old ladies shopping and wasting their time. Like it all has a, a tinge of sexism and like of hmm. and it's, it's consumer blaming. You know, it's like when people are like, well, then don't fucking buy from Amazon because you're the problem. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's that's probably not. It probably wasn't leveled at it. I guess I just took that to be like, well, this is capitalism. It's not socialism. So it's Yeah. Not, I mean, like, I know. knew that on the theory-based level. But, like, I think just going into this movie, all you see is giant big government. A lot of people are going to go straight to communism. They're going to say, yeah. And and I think that that was, that is what, some, you know, probably too many people take from this is, like, this is 1984. This is Animal A lot Farm, of comparisons but, to that, yeah. Which is... I think that Gilliam probably meant some of that, but in what in the world he's actually depicting, he's not depicting like you know. It's not actually socialist, obviously. In any way, yeah, it's not even socialist anyway. No, it's not. They're, they, I mean, like, why do people toil away in whatever jobs they're in and everything, and why are they so cutthroat at work and worried about these clicks and all that stuff? Is because they don't get to go home and chill out and hang out if they don't want to work, you know. Yeah. They don't have anything provided for them. They have medical gift tokens. I mean, <laughs> this is this is capitalist and Yeah. And they don't yeah, I think you're right. They don't do a good enough job of showing the titans of industry and all that of the 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 capitalist bad guys. Yeah, I guess it's like even if Central Services was a company, like I would get it more. But yeah. like it's all or if they they made it clear that the government is somehow profiting from this in ways more than just power, but also like money or something like I just felt like something was missing from that formula. Yeah, that's that's probably a good a good point. I, I think that's what frustrates me. That's that's why I keep being like, why would people put up this? Because I'm just like, I as someone who like started their, <laughs> their leftism in like socialist kind of like I want a bigger government kind of way. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not quite that person anymore. I'm like much more anarchist, but like I'm I'm defensive when someone says things like, you know, government bad. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? yeah. Because I'm like it doesn't have to be. It can be and often is, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, that's a good sidebar. So yeah, he calls 
central services and you know they give him the runaround and instead he meets the real tuttle not buttle tuttle who is robert de niro (laughs) yeah he comes in at gunpoint uh (laughs) he's a freelance heating engineer uh he's this real individualistic kind of fellow in it for the action he says (laughs) i don't understand this character at all all right what's confusing about him so is he just like a vigilante handyman and he just does these things for fun it seems like it i think that a lot of times he takes payment you would think i know he doesn't in this case but you would imagine that he would normally take payment otherwise this is a rough gig (laughs) yeah i think that's why i don't understand you know not to be all like why would anyone work without money but (laughs) but in this society it makes no sense yeah, unless he has some other gig that he normally does and he just does this at night or something. But Yeah, which it doesn't seem like that's the case because he's kind of just showing up everywhere. I didn't really get the point of his character. Like, why a handyman? Like, are they being all like, look at the, you know, the blue collar class. Like, that's what we need is people who know how to do real work. Like, is that what it was supposed to be? What is his role if everyone has a role? Yeah, I, I, that's a good point. I think... His role is the anti-bureaucrat. So he okay. cannot fit into a cog as a cog in the machine. Sam struggles with it, but ultimately could do it if he wanted to. He mm-hmm. could put on a suit and go to work. This guy can't. Like, he cannot function in a bureaucracy. He's like, Sam asks him, couldn't you just go work for central services? And he's just like, no, I couldn't stand all the paperwork. He's someone who that... And he's, I mean, he's Gilliam in a way, or he's, you know, this kind of anarchist guy who like could, you know, chafe said authority and can't bring themselves to any sort of group discipline. I think that kind of makes sense. I think that's all he's trying to basically represent. They made him the heating engineer so he could have the central services interaction. But Mm -hmm. his main thing is the man, the individual, the, the rugged, the guy who goes out to the frontier and lives his life in the wood in the cabin sort of thing yeah yeah gosh this is this is really bringing up how much i'm like those baby socialist roots are still in me because i'm like paperwork isn't all bad <laughs> i'm very organized <laughs> sam makes the same point he's like well surely you have to expect a little bit of paperwork <laughs> yeah sure but it's it's the it's the person who cannot do that you know who mm-hmm it was disagreeable, honestly. Like, you don't really want to hang out with these people most of the time. Like, they're they're kind of, <laughs> I mean. No, they're all insane. That's a lot. Uh, <laughs> like, you got to be able to adjust somewhat. But anyway, uh, then we see the central services guys come in. Yes. And they're like, well, we're here to fix your stuff. You called us. And he freaks out because he's like, fuck, someone's in here already fixing it. Like, we're going to get in trouble. Which you know, again, this society is so ridiculous to the point where, like, if something breaks in your own fucking house, you cannot fix it. Yeah, well... And if you're in an apartment, that is probably true. <laughs> well, here's the other thing, though. You're in a place where the walls are filled with top-secret communications going through uh, all over the true. place. That's true. And, like, surveillance on you. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. So you don't need to be back there messing with that, or you'll find out the goods. And uh, another reason he was concerned with these guys showing up was that Tuttle had, as soon as mm. they knocked on the door, he was like, I'm going to shoot whoever's coming in, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah, Tuttle's insane. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Which, like, modern day analog for this would be like, you know, it is now very hard to modify 
like Apple products. And yeah. that's so you keep buying new Apple products. Yeah, the right to repair. And they're working mm-hmm. on that in some places, but in others it's really hard to get any sort of any sort of leeway on that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, these repair guys are doofuses and he manages to get them off by saying like, hey, do you have this form? And they're like, no, and so they leave. <laughs> yeah, Tuttle fixes, you know, yeah. fixes the situation. He pulls the panel out. There's the entire mess of duts and everything in there. <laughs> completely just ruinous. Behind this, you know, thin, clean little square and everything. You know, what's right behind that? Not too much separating it from the rest of society is just garbage basically trash (laughs) (laughs) barely functioning half the time not functioning as we can see but he fixes it bypasses it i guess actually (laughs) all right they've realized that they have a check for uh the now deceased mr buttle yeah he's been dormanted deleted (laughs) inoperative excised completed completed uh, that's a gross one yeah he, he's uh he's dead he's dead the check is because he was not the right guy and they had charged him for his interrogation mm, okay so now he would get a refund if he were still alive because he was not rightfully interrogated so they're mm, giving okay. a refund that's why sam's like i've never seen a refund check before <laughs> <laughs> and they're like oh no he's dead that's awful how are we gonna get rid of this refund check that was pretty funny <laughs> So Sam volunteers to take it to his wife because she doesn't have a bank account. Which is a brilliant idea by Sam that Kurtzman, he cannot think. Like, this guy's just like, I guess I'm going to commit suicide. Like, I'll never fix this. (laughs) His boss is so stupid. Sam's just like, why don't I just... I can just do it. Bring the check. Wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) Again, this, like, you know, people are stupid. Bureaucracy is bad. uh, Critique of groups of people being in power which i don't know i don't think we necessarily agree with uh Mm -hmm. as a critique (laughs) (laughs) so he goes in his little tiny car it's like a coffin sized car it's It's ridiculous it's so bad and he goes to this basically the slums shangri-la towers which look like an apartment block nuclear reactor combo Yes, the shape is definitely reactor shaped. (laughs) Uh, Which is horrifying. (laughs) Just terrible. Um, He sees these kids playing like just with guns in the streets. Unclear if they're real guns or not. They're playing cops in some way. Mm -hmm. They tell them to piss off. (laughs) He goes up to the apartment and he like, you know, tries to talk to this woman whose husband just died and get her to sign this check and these forms and she understandably freaks out. He's just like, you're not being very helpful. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't have to come here, you know. like Yeah, like, he's being a piece of shit. Uh-huh. And then he sees Jill and just fucking takes off after her, like a maniac would. He's, yeah, he's, you know, had these flights of fancies in terms of his dreams and, and daydreams and stuff. We've seen that, but this is sort of leaning into, he's a little unstable. Yeah, that was one of my big questions in this movie is like okay if we're taking this at face value and i'm putting away the symbols for a minute did he have a dream with just a lady and this lady just happens to look like that lady or maybe he passed her on the street one day and like now you know like i I think that was confusing like why is this person in his dreams yeah and uh for me again i just mm. I just fall you back just on the symbol things and I just say like, okay, so Sam is an aimless person, right? He mm-hmm. doesn't know. He tells his mom, I don't even have dreams. Yeah. You know? 
but he then you know does find something someone that he wants to to he they cares about and so he i guess he has to have this like girl of his dreams literally mm-hmm. and to to like motivate him to do anything because before that he's just like drifting and just doing his job and being unsatisfied I think it was annoying to me that it was a woman that motivated him to do anything. And I'm like, this guy sucks. Like, this guy's a fucking stalker. He is, like, has no motivation besides wanting to fuck a dream girl. Like, he sucks. Yeah. And, well, (laughs) I think, you know, the dreams attempt to kind of flesh that out and say it's not just the dream girl. It's an Not good to be. It's like, uh, yeah, a symbol of, like, that pastoral Mm -hmm. dream that he has of, like, being away from this you know, choked society. But he, I mean, you're, you're right. He wraps this up in a person and that's all messed up and stuff, but he chases after her and she gets away. Good. <laughs> so he fucking tracks her down a computer and realizes he can't get to it without higher access. So he decides to take the fucking promotion that his mom gave him again to stalk a woman. He doesn't know. Yep. Cool dude. Commutes home in that cool elevator, the sideways <laughs> elevator yeah. thing. Very wonkivator, but dystopic. gets back to his apartment things are worse yes just there's ducks everywhere it's ridiculous too many ducks you would say too many ducks like (sighs) to the point where i was like i if they had just had like 15 percent fewer just fewer ducks (laughs) so i could see who was in the apartment a little bit sooner like it Mm -hmm. that i think that's what bothers me it's just like the pacing could have been way faster if you would just like we get it. There's a lot of ducks, guys. Like, we get it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. I think it provides, like, claustrophobia sort of feel of, like... Yeah. Uh, Central Services has come back. Mm-hmm. They're taking apart his place. They take out the thing that Tuttle had put in. They call him a scab. I thought that was a very interesting use of that word. I think this was trying to be, like... Central Service is the only game in town, right? I mean, they're the only yeah. authorized people, so it was kind of like a, well, this is what it would be if all, mm-hmm. you know, if everyone worked for the state, then you would, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Or it was trying to imply that, or I just, yeah, I just didn't like the use of scab there, because it's not like a union, it's just everyone's working for the, it's be like everyone working for the army or something. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why I didn't really give a shit about Tuttle because I'm like cool you're a rogue handyman like <laughs> great like I'm not impressed yeah <laughs> well Tuttle would not be your character in the first place I mean he's he's like a go it alone mm-hmm. you know wild west sort of gunslinger type all right the dreams start to escalate he starts fighting this fucking robot samurai guy this is the point where I was like I don't think this movie is for me um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous just why are we doing this, guys? He's on top of a mountain of ducts with a neon cross on it. Oh, I didn't I f- didn't catch the cross. Interesting. Our first religious symbolism there. Um, is this where the baby masks make the first yes. appearance? Yeah. <sighs> Why? Jill Why is we- floating mm-hmm. above in a cage held down by these hunched baby face monsters with, like, rags. You can see how annoyed my face is. <laughs> it's just more of the dream allegory stuff. Um, I don't need it. Like, fuck that. Why, do- Why babies? Why? Why? Well, the baby mask will come into play later, but well, it's yeah, just but to be he doesn't know that right. yet. Yeah, it's just to be creepy right now. It's stupid. The hunched over figures were already creepy. Like we didn't need it. Yeah. And the baby face later also didn't need it. 
Yeah. So I'm going to give you a negative recommendation, like a thing not to watch is the TV series Twin Peaks. Don't watch it. Okay, great. Everyone's always telling me to watch it. Good. I can just throw that out of my mind. Great. It's creepy. Half, not half, but you know, too many scenes you're going to be like, I didn't need that. That's too creepy. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. I hate surrealism, apparently. (laughs) I love surrealism. Frida Kahlo is one of my favorite artists. Like, I'm usually into that shit, but this is fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, you can try it. Your mileage may vary. No, I don't want to. It's fine. I got other things to do. All right. Uh, What else? What else? What else? He wakes up. He has fallen asleep in his apartment. Mm -hmm. The doorbell rings, and it's the singing telegram lady. She was kind of funny. I liked her. I was. It made me wonder: Is music like this tasteless or bad in their society? That wasn't singing, dude. That was like shrieking. It was yelling. <laughs> it's was, it was really bad. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, and like her costume is very much like like a sexualized monkey. Like like mm-hmm. you know, like you picture the monkey with the symbols. Like that was definitely what it was. Oh yeah, that's right. It was very weird. So yeah, she invites him to his mother's party for her new plastic surgery. And this is where he gets slammed up against the door at gunpoint when he comes in. <laughs> yes. And, but this time he wants to go because he wants to meet Mr. Helpman, who is, who's the guy who gave him the promotion that he turned <laughs> Because down. he's got to turn, he's got to get the promotion so he can stalk his, his love interest. Insane. Just an insane thing to do. <laughs> I did like this one point. I know I gave him shit about women, but I did like where he was like, he talked to Shirley, the daughter of his mother's friend. And he's like, mm, yeah, yeah, it sucks. Our parents are always trying to post together. And she's like, yeah, I don't yeah. like you very much. And I loved that. <laughs> yeah. And then he like shoves past her and she's like, what the fuck? But she like smile at him. But then it's like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, like I love that she hated him. Yes. Yeah. He talks to Mr. Helpman and basically gets that job. Yeah. There's an interesting kind of t- topic that comes up here of Sam's father and yes. Helpman being friends with him keeping him alive or whatever in his memory with this air I am JH thing. Yeah. I have a lot of questions about that. That's going to come back. And I don't know the way they painted him as very close to his mother. To me, it raised questions as to maybe this Mr. Helpman guy secretly Sam's dad. Oh, okay. I read it as his dad is still alive. Oh, no, I think his dad's dead. Okay. But it could be. I mean, it could be alive somewhere. I guess. I didn't. I didn't remember him being that close to the mom. So that was. I mean, I guess you could interpret that. Are you saying because there was a picture of the mom in the office? Yeah. I thought that was like his dad's office, and he was still alive. Oh no, that was Helpman's office. Nope. I thought that. But okay. But Helpman oh, wrote on the thing. He wrote like he wrote a code basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sam later types that into an elevator to get to the minister's office. So I thought like, oh, this is his dad's secret office and his dad's still alive. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Mm, it could be. But, I mean, I think either one works. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> he gets his promotion, right? We yes. get a dream sequence and then he ends up in information <laughs> retrieval. That He shows up in this humongous chamber and the guy's like, yeah, we've been expecting you. We don't have to check your ID. We know who you are. We're watching you at all times. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. He goes up the elevator to this, like, basically featureless row of pillars and offices, and he hears some movement and some voices yelling, and he finally sees the swarm of <laughs> his new boss being surrounded by people throwing papers at him, being like, yes, no, yes. Like, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's Yeah, it's terribly inefficient. It's got to be, but it makes you feel important, right? It makes you yes. feel like... You are a big, a big man. 
And the what he says to Sam, his boss, Mr. Warren, says, here in this department, we make decisions. And like, mm. oh, my God, that gave me like such big corporate feels. <laughs> that is so many people's jobs <laughs> Yeah, are, are just being in meetings so they can say yes and no to things and to make it look like they're doing things. And mm-hmm. it just drives me insane. <laughs> and that was this whole department, basically. That is what it is. Just following him around, he finally shows him his office where you have your very own number on your very own door, and behind mm. that door, your very own office. <laughs> and his office is tiny. Literally half an office. Yes, because he the poster in the back is split in half, and that was like my first <laughs> clue. But then you realize the desk actually is shared with the desk with the office next to him. Like they like have a tug of war over it. Which is I thought that funny. was yeah, that was a good gag. I thought that was uh, good. I liked that. <laughs> next door, he goes he goes around to meet who the fuck is tugging on the desk on the other side is some guy Mr. named Lime. Lime. I love this man. <laughs> he's so weird. <laughs> he's so weird. He's got a weird face and weird hair, and he's just he's so weird. strange. Well, he asks to use his computer, and the guy's like, "No, no." no, no. <laughs> Physically like blocks him. him. <laughs> it was weird that he like didn't immediately back away from that. You know. True. Yeah. It's he was a like, little let desperate. Me get, let me get you by. Let me get by you to look at your computer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this guy, classic office man, is like, "Oh, I'm a whiz at this," and then like can't turn it on. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. It's broken. <laughs> he just gives up immediately. <laughs> Yeah. And then also I thought it was weird that fucking what's his name? Sam never gets a computer. I'm like, what does he do? Like he just files. Yeah, he get, he gets messages from the tube, addresses them somehow, like fills them out and mm-hmm. puts them through the tube. I think that's what he's supposed I to think, do. Okay, okay. The other guy doesn't also doesn't use his computer cuz he had to dust it off when he's when he sat down <laughs> at it. That's funny. Okay, yeah, that was confusing. I'm like is this this guy's personal computer? That's why it's here. Like why doesn't Sam have one? Well, everything's scarce. Like people mm. come into that guy's office to take chairs. That's why he was initially oh, like, yeah. "Oh, you can't take my chair. It's the last one." <laughs> you know, it's like nobody has everything of what they need. Like mm, go okay, down okay. the couple doors, someone else is missing something else, you know. <laughs> They mention a lot of departments in this movie to the point where it's like, what is this department even for? Which I think is the point. Because you have the Ministry of Information, which seems to be a pretty big one. Yeah. And then you have, he was in records, and then Mm -hmm. there's information retrieval, and there's information dispersal. Yes. So, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, they're all siloed off and not talking to each other, have different forms, all that, you know, classic bureaucracy is bad, sort of. Also, that's... That's just a corporation. Again, they should have just made this government a corporation, and I would have liked this movie more. (laughs) So the thing is, the government operates like a corporation, though. It does, yeah, because that's how they're trained to see success. Yeah, but they, you know, it's content with leaving people out. Like, it has a body politic that it cares for Mm -hmm. somewhat, as long as they're upholding their end of the bargain, their end of the, you know, of the deal. But it has other people that it excludes and you know you're not a part of this and we don't have to do anything for you it's not really doing services so much as like customer service you know it's it's providing what people pay for but that's kind of it like i don't know to me that feels different i guess that's true it's not well conveyed i don't think but if you read into it again i think it's just the execution of it isn't very clear like even if sam himself was like a little more well off or something maybe that would be more clear or like we got to see some of these i mean we see them hobnobbing at parties but like i think it's just unclear what the relationship between power and the government and money is like it's it's implied hmm, yeah but i don't think it's ever shown yeah that makes sense 
I mean, I guess you could imply that like Sam's mother is so wealthy because his father was in the government. Yeah. I mean, that's why initially slash then her after that, her relationship with Helpman. But yeah, I, I mean, I would think that that's. I guess so. You're right that they don't they don't really the complaint earlier about they hammer home these things. And then I guess mm-hmm. the flip side is they don't really they don't. do enough to flesh out the capitalist side of it. But I think, you know, Gilliam may have meant that intentionally of just like a broader, like government bad critique. Yeah. Yeah. Just a lib- libertarian. Yeah. <laughs> Which is maybe why I didn't like this movie. <laughs> okay. Lime finds out about Jill, mm-hmm. and, but not enough. They have to find out more information from, an officer 412 stroke L. So he's got to go to a different floor. So he goes to this floor and creepy. It's very creepy. So it's like all white and outside of the door to like the office he's supposed to go is like a drop of what we see is blood. Mm-hmm. Not great. I love the stenographer. <laughs> <laughs> She's got this like hydraulic something or another pneumatic thing on her fingers. Oh, I thought maybe it was tracking her keystrokes. Oh, it could be. I don't but, know. I, it could I be, thought yeah, it was like an exoskeleton power. assistant sort of thing. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, she's typing. It's, she's like clearly a stenographer for an interrogation. And she's literally typing like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Stop. I can't stand. Ah. Yeah, it's horrible. She's listening to it. Mm-hmm. She's typing it out. She's reading on the side. <laughs> like she's got a book that she's reading. She's talented. Yeah. <laughs> this lady's great. She's used to it, too. She tells him. Mm-hmm. She also tells him, like, oh, it won't be long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so creepy. Because she knows how it goes. That's got to be a... That's, like, top ten worst jobs for me. Oh, for sure. <laughs> She's totally down for it, though. So then he goes in to meet this officer and turns out to be Jack, the guy from, like, near the beginning, his friend. And he's, like, covered in blood. <laughs> Seems to have just finished up that interrogation where you're hearing. But then, like... He has an office where, like, his kid is hanging out. Yeah, yeah. His kid, who he repeatedly misnames. <laughs> Completely does not know who she is. Is 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 there in his torture office, yeah. Insane. Her mom is taking the other two triplets shopping, which I didn't I, get. <laughs> I didn't either. Like, why? what did this one do? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, so he's he's got a very, a very juxtaposed life of the family there that's with him. Plus, mm-hmm. he's, you know, just taking a break from his shift as torturer. (laughs) So he asks about Jill and he's like, oh, well, she's mixed up in all the buttle tuttle business. And she complained. Yeah. Which is not his fault, right? He was just doing his job, which is again to torture people. (laughs) He says, uh, information transit got the right man. I got the right man. The wrong one was delivered to me as the right man. I accepted wrong. Good faith. as the right man. Was I wrong? That was bad. That's pretty bad. He's just, he's just doing his job, man. <sighs> See any CIA operative, basically. Just following orders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can tell that that was like just already his internal like thought process. He had already that's how rationalized. That's he justified it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They page him and tell him that the next customer has been delivered. Customer. Oh, my God. I thought that was neat. <laughs> yep. And then Jack gives some uh, fashion advice, right? Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, you can't go around in a suit like that. And gives him basically an identical suit. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly different material, I believe. Yeah. So he goes down and he sees Jill um, on the lobby. And, like, the elevator malfunctions. So he ends up in the basement. And so he's like, fuck, I got to get back up there. 
<laughs> yeah. After, you know, he comes in and it's like super impressive or whatever. Like, oh, we know who you are, blah, blah, blah. Our elevator is still bullshit. Like, <laughs> That's true. Did not think about that. He en- yeah, he ends up in the basement. Where like all the cops are, apparently. Yeah, they're hanging out there. Uh, he goes to the to a fancy looking elevator, but it's the deputy ministers. And that, that guy's like, no, 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 you can't come out here. The guard is. Yes. And so... He, like, tries to get him to show his ID. He's like, oh, I changed suits. Which, like, if you're in a society like this, wouldn't you, like, have your ID fucking just on your person at all times? Like, you would think I so, that was weird. Yeah. And I also thought it was weird, his decision here, because he just, he takes off. He runs. He just runs away. Like, Which, this man is very easily flustered. Yeah, like, I mean, you don't have the right badge, but, like, you could be like, okay, yeah, I switched suits with my friends. It's, like, one of, it's my first day on the job. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, uh, you know, let's go get that. Even if he has to fill out a report, fucking what? Like, fine. fine. You have your ID. You work here, dude. Like, but he's so scared of breaking the rules or paranoid even. I don't know what he's on at this point that like he's so freaked out that he decides to run and get shot at instead. I think it was he was so desperate to go see Jill, which again, insane. Oh, so he was just like, no, I cannot be here any longer. Because he to- was so frantic. Yeah. yeah to to right. get up there. Which is worse that's stupider than just being afraid of okay yeah so he goes up and jill is surrounded by police and he's able to because he has his badge basically just tell him like stand down and they just do do not they don't check his id he's not being heroic either he's getting her out of the mess he literally just caused like she was just there dealing with paperwork but the police surround her because he caused this alarm of for running away that's true. Okay, I wasn't clear on that. I'm like, is this is this two separate incidences? No, like happening? they went on high alert because oh, the okay, guy because of him sounded the away. alarm, and okay, got it, got it. he comes up there. Yeah, he has to stop them from killing her because he set off the alarm. Like he's a jackass. So he takes her out of the building, and she runs off to her truck, and he manages to like just jump in it. His interactions with Jill. Shortly before then. Oh, or, the litter. Yeah. This lady scolds him for littering because, like, he's <laughs> dropped all these papers on the ground. She's hanging out next to this fresh air booth in the background. Oh, I didn't notice that. It looks like people pay to get, like, huffs from an oxygen mask of fresh air. That's not great. I mean, <laughs> not far off, but not great. And, uh, and it, but then, yeah, he, he latches onto Jill's truck and they're off. His interactions were Jill... He's just a crazy person. He's just like immediately blurts out that he's in love with her, basically. And he keeps insisting, like, trust me. Like, that is, oh, my God, it drives me insane. The way he yeah. treats this woman who does not know him. Like, he he is immediately, like, transferred all of his feelings about her as a symbol onto this real life woman and just yeah. assumes that, like, I'm a nice person. Just trust me. Right. Yeah. Which she does not rightfully and kicks him out, literally kicks him out of the uh, out of the car. I was so glad. I was like, yes, okay, great, great decision. This person's Rational, insane, yeah. clearly. He, like, clings on as she tries to sling him off of there, you know. Uh, and eventually, he's, like, stuck on the front or whatever. He's, like, still clinging to... I think she thinks that she's killed him and yes. is glad that she hasn't. Uh, and lets him ride the rest of the way. Which I'm like, bad decision. I would leave this man. Like, this is a dangerous man. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. I mean, like, it's not as it's not so bad but yeah not the best choice well i thought it was weird like he he sits with her in front of that government building like for a long time trying to convince her to drive away Mm -hmm. and i i just that scene also went too long for me (laughs) yeah 
I don't know. Maybe it's just like being assigned female at birth, just being in a in a small car with like another man, with a man I don't know who's like claiming to be in love with me. Like that's fucking terrifying. And I didn't need that for that long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly weird. He's a weirdo. Uh, they, they go to this power plant. Okay. Yes. The power plant. <laughs> they do show the workers just playing volleyball at one point, which was funny. <laughs> Yeah, in this, like, there are flames all over the place, and they're just playing in these hazmat suits. <laughs> yes. So, this is where we're unsure who this Jill person is, because he's been told she's a terrorist because she was raising trouble about the Tuttle incident. Yeah. So, at this point, like, the audience is, like, unclear about what her job is. And mm-hmm. so, she goes and, or she goes and picks up a package. And so, he's like, oh, shit, this is a bomb. Yeah. And at this point, I was like, well, if it is a bomb, is she keeping him around just so she can get through the checkpoint? Because there is a checkpoint. Yeah, she says kind of it's a it's a Christmas present. And there's a little oblique about what it is. Mm-hmm. You know? They're driving along the highway toward that checkpoint, the highway lined with ads all across <laughs> to hide the like barren wastelands on the outside of it. Yeah. And... They're they're approaching the checkpoint, actually, when Jill asks him, uh, you know, doesn't it bother you the kinds of things you do in information retrieval? This is where he says, uh, what, you know, I'd, I suppose you'd rather have the terrorists. Oh, OK. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like either or like and that's where she's like, well, how how many have terrorists terrorist? have you met? Like, <laughs> I know you hear about them, but where where are they, man? You know? Yeah. And, you know, later when she says there's nowhere else to go, it's like. Yeah, where are these terrorists then? Like, are they just underground in the city? Or there's not, there don't seem to be other countries. You know, that is a good question for people, especially if you're kind of new to the, to more left thinking things and you kind of still have residual kind of common sense imparted to you from society that's like, well, we have to have police, we have to have the FBI, we have to have the security state to watch certain things because, you know, what if people are going to do terrorism or something? It's like, yeah, but does that really happen? If you follow the through line, like as presented in this movie, you are either getting rid of, trying to get rid of terrorists, but like terrorist attacks still happen. So you're bad at that. You do a bad yeah. job and you invade everyone's privacy. Mm-hmm. Or you actually get rid of terrorists to the point where you're like, well, we don't need the police anymore. We don't need the security anymore. And yeah. so you are falsifying terrorism by blowing up your own citizens and now you're the terrorist. So like, yeah. not great either way. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> and you can say like, oh, this is a movie. This is like obviously exaggerated. And like, yeah. We've but been complaining no. about it. Exaggeration. <laughs> sure. But yeah, it, it does. I think parts of it and so saying it was hit or miss for you, right? Parts of it do kind of ring out true. I don't know. I, 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 that was one part that I really liked was this whole, what's that the point of the, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sam's all of a sudden like, uh, it's my first day. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't know what to say to that. Yeah. Then they get to the roadblock. This is, I think, where my hatred of Sam just completely came into force. He just freaks the fuck out. And like, He's a government official. He could just show them his badge and be like, we're cool. Yeah. And I, that's why I was like, that's probably why she still is letting him be in this truck with her. He, Yeah, he could do that. He could say nothing and she could just show him, show them their trucking credentials mm-hmm. and, and just go just like move. normally. Like a normal person. But instead yeah. he starts a fucking car chase. It's 
crazy. Like they probably would have been fine. This is why I thought initially like tying that in with why he ran earlier was that he was paranoid because now he's mm-hmm. with Jill, doesn't need to run further. Uh, but he's like at that point, whenever he gets out in front of the building and he's like, you better drive, you know? Yeah. And each at each point, he's like seemingly paranoid that someone's going to come find out that he's secretly, you know, doing bad things or whatever, like secretly yeah. work not secretly doesn't agree with the government a hundred percent i think is what he's worried about yeah again even if someone like came up to him at this point he could be like yeah i'm investigating her whatever like right yeah like he has plausible deniability like for a long time this movie and he doesn't understand that like he's i guess he is also inept yeah that's true that's true so that's that's unlikable for sure i agree he slams down on the gas and just takes over the wheel like it makes poor so jill it's just like oh my god like she's you're gonna so r- mad crash and i'm just like oh like that was very relatable to me it's just like <laughs> someone saying like let me do your job for you and mm. doing a bad job like and, mm. yeah completely messing everything up <laughs> getting people killed in a chase mm-hmm. he's like woo we did it and then oh, the, he's like, so happy about it this like fucking guy comes out of there on fire ridiculous uh so next. Next. We go to the shopping mall. We do see that Consumers for Christ banner. That's funny. Santa asks a kid, what would you like for Christmas? <laughs> and the kid answers, my own credit card. Oh, yeah. That's that's good shit. But I guess that's what you're saying is that's not... He's not really portraying capitalism badly so much as consumerism badly. I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I, th- I think it's framed that way as like... And especially the whole pastoral ending mm-hmm. situation yeah. of like yeah. blaming it on just people instead Return of Return like, to the land and live a simple life. Yeah. I think it has kind of a whiff of like anarcho-primitivism, which isn't my mm-hmm. favorite kind of anarchism. Yeah, yeah. I get you. I think I'm being won over to your position somewhat mm-hmm. and then you're softening on. I am. I am. <laughs> so we're, we're melding. <laughs> we're meeting in the middle. All right. right. They go to the shopping mall. They argue about the package. And, you know, he thinks it's a bomb. And then he sees, (sighs) she sees his mother's friends, whose face is even more fucked up with plastic surgery. She keeps, yeah, she's seeing the other plastic surgeon that does, like, acid treatment. Whereas his mom is seeing, (laughs) like, the 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 normal plastic surgeon that does the scissors stuff. (laughs) It's bad. It's really bad. I thought this was interesting, though the dedication that both of them have to this plastic surgery and stuff. It's, it's like an obsession with youth, Mm -hmm. you know, and you see it with people with their like, and this is, you know, also kind of critical when you're saying that this is the only see women doing this, like where are the men obsessed with youth, which is, I could say that the society is focused on fertility maybe, or like a natalist sort of thing. Like Mm. women have to be, young enough to bear children sort of i mean that's a societal standard like we we know that society puts more pressure on women to look young than men like that's a thing you're just saying we don't need to have that i don't think it was clear enough that this was the result of the society and that's bad Mm. or this is the cause of that society and that's bad like i I couldn't tell where they're blaming are they blaming these idiot women for being so obsessed with it or are they blaming society for making these women obsessed with it? again it's that like capitalism versus consumerism yes okay yeah i got you i get it on viewing i was thinking very much like it's the cultural thing and i was thinking Mm -hmm. like these guys are very afraid of dying of of age and you know, to me, it's like they don't have any meaning in their life. 
so when they die it's just over they they have to like mm. keep that very far away you know interesting but i also like the idea that maybe he's not doing it right and he's saying that they're just you know frivolously going around buying stuff I mean, I think we can agree. Yeah, we've talked about it many times on the show that like capitalism is inherently a sexist and patriarchal structure. It's yeah. a racist structure. Race is not touched in this at all, by the way. There are That's only true. white people in this. That is true. <laughs> yeah, there's no no element of it whatsoever. Yeah. And I, I think it's just difficult for me because this is a movie made in 1985. I'm like, how much of this is regular old 80s sexism and how much of this is intentional portrayal of sexism as bad? Mm, yeah, so like it was point. hard for me to parse that out because yeah. like, I mean Monty Python doesn't have a great record on this evil on this either. They're like they yeah. they do sexist shit like and yeah. and Gilliam was not by you know like any he wasn't trying to push them further on that issue or anything. So I don't yeah that makes sense. I, I think that's that was my issue. Is like I can't quite tell how much of this is intentional and how much of this is just like regular just a guy making sexism. a movie in the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have another bombing and he thinks it's it's jill's package and so he like tries to find her in like the wreckage and she's like no fucking dummy this was just bribes for government workers yeah and yeah at this point we have not seen you know any terrorists taking credit for anything at all again maybe who's doing these at this point like maybe it's unclear maybe it is the government who knows uh could be false flag operations or something this is also where the dream sequences more and more interrupt the regular plot, which just adds to my frustration. He, like... Like a guard comes to pick up Jill, right? Yeah, and he gets mad. He's like, don't touch her. And he goes up, and the guard becomes baby samurai man, or metal samurai man, excuse me. Um, <laughs> that would be confusing. And they start a whole fight and chase sequence, and he becomes, like, the hero. And I'm just like... Oh, this whole fucking dream sequence is just like man safe woman he's good like oh like that's why i hate this man like that is his whole identity is he wants to be a he hero wants to so rescue he can get damsels this lady. in distress yeah like this guy sucks yeah <laughs> i mean he thinks he's being heroic you know but he's and not he passed out in real life yes yeah he has fantasies of being mm-hmm. of being competent <laughs> but like you know I think if you go the route of like, okay, this is all allegory and symbol, like, is that is the movie saying that's good? That's what we should want to do? Is be heroic and save women? Probably. I mean, so it's probably saying like, the, you know, the only struggle is an individual one. I mean, it's probably saying like, individuals have to battle mightily against the, you know, the all oppressive forces. And it does, you know, put this into this man saves woman thing. Cause I mean, I think that's just a trope <laughs> that he's using. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think he's trying to comment anything on that, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's just like the individuals standing up, you know, this this struggle one person. for freedom and freeing others. Yeah. I think, okay, this is a tangent. We might cut this and we watched another movie yesterday. It was called croupier or croupier. Okay. They pronounce it both ways in the film, so that was annoying. <laughs> it was about this guy who's like a writer, and he takes a job as a croupier, which is someone who is basically like a dealer, like at a, a casino. Okay, yeah. And, you know, spoiler, I liked the plot, hated every character in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like decent people in movies. Like, I don't, I'm very... Like, that's why I don't like action-y war movies. So I'm like, I don't give a shit about anyone in this movie. They could all die, and I don't care. <laughs> anyway... 
characters is my thing. Yeah. The movie, like the plot was good, like it had good twists and turns, and I was like, oh shit, what's gonna happen? But like the guy, the the setup was like he's a writer, and so he narrates his own life in the third person, and I could not get over how douchey this man was and how he saw other people in his life as characters. Yeah. And especially women, <laughs> just reduce them to two-dimensional, just like fucking sex objects. Mm-hmm. And I think that watching that and then watching this movie was like, that is what's happening here again. And it just really bothered me. So, okay. I have a question, though. Do we have to have... I know, so it seems like for you, you have to have a character that you can like to cheer for them, right? Not necessarily, because like there's the anti-hero trope, and like I understand that. But I think there has to be a character I can like. Okay. And not everyone has to be perfect, because, like, that's not how people well, are. Oh, yeah, sure. But there has to... I have to be able to understand their motivations, I think. Okay, even though those motivations are like, damn, this Even if this they're bad, I can, I can still be like, okay, I at least understand what this guy is about. Yeah, okay. I'm just wondering, because sometimes... I don't know, I like people who are... Complicated complicated but even people who are just like messed up and it's just like oh that's you know that's fine well like yeah like but, i like that too like i i watched the sopranos and i i think mm, yeah like i liked tony soprano even though he was fucking insane but mm-hmm. i thought that's what made him interesting and that's fine yeah but in this movie it's like i don't know anything about these people they're just like they're just like they might as well be fucking puppets yeah they have to do <laughs> the work for you and i don't know i can also appreciate a story i guess or can dig a story that is like mostly about in this case it's i mean in this case it's mostly about just painting the picture of the world and the characters are used to do that really yeah but like to the point where i'm like do we need these characters like this would be more interesting as a mockumentary of this society oh yeah that would be kind of cool yeah um, and and to the point where like so the review on rotten tomatoes i saw that like i keep thinking about was someone's like this is exactly why i don't go to the theater so i don't have to see bullshit like this and i'm like <laughs> I disagree with you on like hating on the theater because I'm a theater <laughs> gay. But I get what you're saying is that that was the heavy handedness of this. Like this oh, should have been a play. This art, should have been something too else. Arty, sort of. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Ma- maybe it wasn't. It didn't. If it was like a pure artistic film or something, maybe. But like it wasn't. It was clearly trying to have a plot too. Like yeah. to me, it was like it was too. Something about the execution wasn't there for me. Again, don't watch Twin Peaks. Um, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I don't uh, need it. I got other things to watch. I have so many fucking reality competition shows to catch up on. And Star Trek. I'm good. There you go. All right. Okay. Uh, we went on I tangent. hope I get so much hate mail for this. I'm, I'm looking forward no, to it. No, I, I mean, you did the, you did the <laughs> review research already. So you know that there's enough people that don't like it too, I think. so. Okay, great. Oh, okay, so he fights the samurai. Mm-hmm. He classic, the samurai is wounded and he... Flips up the mask and it's him. Oh, I called that. I said it out loud. Yeah. Went, as soon as he went for the mask, I'm like, it's going to be him. Luke Darth Vader style. <laughs> he gets, he's knocked out immediately after this dream. And the cops are, have him in this van and he starts looking for Jill. And they're kind of like polite to him. They're just like, mm-hmm. uh, please, sir, don't, uh, don't do that. But then they knock him out. Yeah, I was surprised they were polite to him for that long. Because everyone else has been so trigger happy in this movie. I, maybe they saw his badge. Yeah, that's the thing is that. They would, everyone along all these steps of the way would have been just that nice to him had he just like interacted with them instead of fucking run off immediately. Mm-hmm. Or like they would have been like, oh, sorry, sir, because like everyone's obsessed with what station are you in in life, you know? Like, yeah. where, what job do you have? 
So I guess he's only temporarily detained because he wakes up and his boss is yelling at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, his friend Jack tells him, stay away from me, bro. Like, you suck right now. Yes. Uh, he goes back to his office. Trashes the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he blows up a duct. Uh, yeah, he does the tube thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there are no consequences to that. No. Like, everyone just stares at it. No one catches him. Which is like, I thought this society was heavily surveilled. They didn't know. One explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they knew, but it's not that big of a deal. In which case, like, he's an even bigger moron for not, like, just submitting to, like, oh, yeah, I forgot my ID or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, or maybe his mom is just that powerful. Like, uh, yeah, they're I that afraid tell. of his connections and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was unclear to me. It's like, how, how much of this worldview is skewed by who his parents are yeah do you think that's bad do you think that that like ambiguity can sometimes be good sometimes to be bad do you think that that worked or didn't work here i think it didn't work because i was left with those questions like why are the cops being nice to him for like even that moment Mm -hmm. like it made it a little confusing because i'm like well if you're taking me to a dystopian world i kind of need to know the rules okay yeah they could have set that up better like he wasn't a very good everyman (laughs) no not at all i mean yeah Clearly. <laughs> All right. So he gets home after blowing the place up in terms central of paper. Central service. Anyway. And yeah, <laughs> central service is there with a vengeance. They've kicked him out. Uh, his room is now frozen. They're wearing hazmat suits. <laughs> and then Tuttle shows up. This, this scene was gross. I didn't need this one either, guys. <laughs> it I was like gross. how comic this scene was in terms of, okay, he flips open a panel. Mm-hmm. And he's got two identical sized pipes. One is sewage. One is air. And these pipes apparently both feed into their, you know, you can both get these pumped into things in the house. It is so you insane. can get your sewage pumped into your house for some reason. But he just switches <laughs> them up and gets them pumped into these guys' suits. It's very gross. Yeah. And he sees Jill and they almost kiss. And at this point, I'm like, why? Like, I don't. I don't understand. One theory that I actually, I saw out there, I didn't come up with mm. it myself, but one theory was that she died in the explosion or she didn't come back and he imagined her. Oh. Cause no one at that point, it's just her and Tuttle who no one, you know, he just fucks mm-hmm. off immediately. Like no, no one knows too much about him, but people aren't oh. interacting with her. I don't think from that point on besides Sam. I mean, that's a fine theory. I just, but it's, there's nothing, the, the film there's doesn't no really. There's no evidence. <laughs> but yeah, there's no evidence, I guess, for that. Besides yeah. just reading into it and guessing. It can't just be that she fell in love with him because that's stupid. So something else had to happen. So they go to his mom's house. and Super fancy. Like, super fancy. She's out of town. And they start making out, again, in, inexplicably. Again, no one else has seen Jill, though. So maybe, but. That's true. That's true. And it makes sense with, like, the twist at the end or whatever. He goes back to his office. So he goes up to the minister's office. He sneaks past the cops who were just singing Christmas carols, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, and he types in that code that uh, Mr. Heltman gave him. And he manages to just delete her, basically. And he comes back and he tells her and they, she gets, I guess she finds one of his mother's wigs, maybe, because she has long hair now. This is one of the reasons that I thought that maybe she was already gone or that's why that mm. ties in is that like... That whole scene when he gets back is kind of dream sequence looking, you know? Okay. 
and he tells her like, yeah, you're, you're dead now. I, I removed your records from it, from the ministry and everything. And then they fuck. Yeah. <laughs> they get it on for a little while. Yeah. Not very long because then the cops show up. They, uh, bust in classic through the ceiling move. <laughs> That's their favorite move. That is their favorite. Uh, they're required to do that so that they can make, you know, have a use for those hole plugs that they've manufactured. <laughs> Right. And they take him and there's a gunshot sound and it's implied that Jill is killed in this. Unless she's yeah. already dead. Yeah, there is gunfire there and yeah, it's but the like scene is black at that point. So, yes. Yeah. I don't think I think that was a wig because I'm looking at the screen right now and she has the she short, has hair short hair after again they, at that point. After yeah. they fucked. So mm-hmm. I think that was a wig and she was just trying on her his mom's wigs. Also a weird move. Well, he's got that sort of tie-in between them, between those two that's messed up. Yeah. It's really messed up. (laughs) Freudian. Very Freudian. (laughs) So they take him in for interrogation. And literally my note here, Jack comes in and he's he's wearing a mask. And I said, is that a fucking baby mask? I'm so over this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm over it. This is stupid. Why wear a baby mask? Why not? It's dumb. (laughs) It's just, someone's gonna be like, well, it's a symbol for like life or uh, I don't care. No, I think it's just a weird choice. Creepy. Yeah. Just to be creepy. Uh, you wanted a more normal movie. I guess. That makes me sound like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> makes me sound like it's just a normie. It's like, I just want to watch the born identity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, oh. it's just, it, maybe it's just a, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, didn't hit. Didn't hit. He goes into torture him. He's trying to talk to Jack, like, you know, don't. Please help. I'm, I'm freaked out. And Jack is like, look what you did to me. Like, I have to torture you. Yeah, what the, f- yeah, how could you, asshole? Like, <laughs> That's kind of funny. I do like that Sam is still at this point protesting that he's innocent, even though, like, he's killed some people at this point. Like, or yeah, caused definitely. their death, at least. <laughs> but Jack goes in. He's going to start torturing him. Boom. Gets shot in the head. Yes, and it's a bunch of guys, I guess, rappelling down the walls, mm-hmm. and Tuttle is there, and he's rescuing him. Yeah, he's got this little merry band of heating engineers, maybe. I don't know what, what they I normally do. I assume these were the, the fabled terrorists. Oh, okay. There's like 12 of them, or fewer. <laughs> they bomb yeah, a lot. <laughs> they do. Yeah, they're busy. Very long chase sequence. I they, got bored. Yeah, they free Sam. They fight their way out. Right. Yes. Yes. They get they get out of the building. You know they lose the pursuit for a little while, and Tuttle gives Sam this this Acme uh, <laughs> yeah. push lever thing to blow up the Ministry of Information. And he does it. Then like there's papers everywhere. And this mm-hmm. is the point where I was I uh, once again did check the timestamp at this part. Harry Tuttle <laughs> like pieces of paper keep sticking to him. Uh-huh. And then eventually he's like enveloped by them and disappears. And it's like, really? He literally got killed by paperwork. Yep. I get it. Paperwork bad. Like <sighs> paperwork bad for him. The paper doesn't do that to anyone else. He's I guess. the man that cannot be held back. You know, it was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> he like runs away and he ends up at like his mother's funeral. Yeah. He, no, it's not his mother's funeral. It's mother's friend's funeral. Oh, 
okay. I thought it was his mother's funeral, and that's why I was so confused. No, okay. it's, it's his mother's friends, the one that had been deteriorating from the complications yes. to her complications. That's right. That's right. Okay. That makes more sense, because I'm like, well, why is she here? Mm-hmm. But then he sees his mother, and she looks exactly like Jill. Yeah. Weirdo. <laughs> Jill slash his mother is talking to all these young men. Mm-hmm. And she tries to ignore Sam, who's like, mother, 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 you know. Is it that she did used to look that way, and he just, he does have an edible complex thing, and so his dream girl looks like his mom, and Jill just happens to look like his mom? Uh, yeah, I was thinking so. Okay. You know, his ideal of beauty or whatever, his, the girl he was after, looked like his mom, yeah. Just looks like his mom. Okay. That's what I thought. It was stupid. Uh, I think for me, too, it's like, well, you just reduced your two female characters to one female character, so that's cool. <laughs> sure, yeah. Sorry, I'm going to be critical on this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, for me, I thought it was just a, an extra layer that didn't add much for me. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. need, I didn't care too much about his personal psyche in that way. Like, because, again, for me, he's just being a symbol, really, so... I think it kind of makes sense in the context of like what we find out later. Like this is just an extended dream sequence because mm-hmm. like dreams don't make sense. Yeah. So yeah. I guess I could kind of see it in that way. And she does flip back at some point. Once the cops are busting in, she's the, uh, the other actress again. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't notice that. So yeah, it is one of those things where you check the labels and, and, and text <laughs> has changed. Yes. Yeah. The cops bust in. He like dumps the goopy body out of the casket and climbs in. Yeah, yeah, he falls in through a hole. And this is the point in my notes where I wrote, is he insane? Like, yeah. <laughs> called that one. Yeah. And then eventually runs off into this, like, basically a, a shipping container and realizes he's on a truck and Jill is driving. And I was like, is this a dream? And then I wrote, what the fuck? I hate this movie. And they leave and make a cabin in the fucking pastoral the countryside. countryside yeah and then we see they're peacefully happily ever after when we see mr helpman's face and jack's face interrupt the scene and then we're back in the in the torture chamber sam's sitting there humming brazil <laughs> and they're like i think he got away from us yeah so i think the question then is at what point did he go insane yeah it, was it his first capture or his second capture? Uh, I was thinking it was his second capture, that one that they busted mm-hmm. in through the bedroom, that one. So you're saying, I interpret it as he went insane because of the like stuff they did to him during the interrogation? Mm. So, because you were saying earlier you thought Jill was already dead after the shopping mall thing? Yeah. Like, I thought maybe af- everything after like the time he woke up in the cop's mm. truck, maybe it was dream. Or it could just be just regular crazy dream without being like interrogation dream i'm not sure about the jill thing it's it's just kind of interesting and saves a little bit of like the (laughs) the dumbness of oh now she just now she lives in for some reason yeah yeah but even without that like i do think he goes and changes the fucks with the computers and that's what gets him hauled in that's where where they actually capture him and and then they go to torture him. They might not even torture him. You don't really see blood anywhere or anything like mm-hmm. that. And and he just snaps out. Okay. And then the music comes in, swells to a carnival sort of pitch. And 
we're 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 up in the clouds. We're done. Yeah. I will say about the editing that's interesting is Yeah, I I saw something there's different cuts. Yeah, the initial cut that they try that the studio foisted upon it was just after they when they drive off into the countryside. Oh, that was it. There's that no that the he end. went crazy. That no. would suck. So that was the end there was Because that, that was he, the only part that I was like, okay, this makes sense now. Because in my, in my notes, I'm like, is he crazy? Is he dreaming? What is happening? And no, they ended it there of, of just, <laughs> he had a good happy ending because the initial, you know, dark ending did not test well with test audiences. Oh. <laughs> that was like the only redeeming thing in this movie. It was like, oh, he's insane. Thank you for explaining why this movie was insane. It's because this man is insane. Yeah. Terry Gilliam had to battle to like try to get that, try to get the normal one. The better one. I, 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 I think I am agreeing with you as far as like the dream sequences were ham handed and didn't need to be there a little too, a little too much, you know, art house fun or whatever. <laughs> it just makes to... sound like a grouch. Well, no, uh. it can be, it can, it can be done well. It can add to, and then it can be superfluous, you know, and this one really was a little bit extra. It didn't need to be there. Yeah. Maybe that's my thing is that like. I, I'm a little minimalist in things, not necessarily like an artist. I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's why I'm a comic artist and not a fine artist is because like, I like being able to tell a pretty clear story. And so when things have so many layers, I'm like, did you need that many layers? Like, what were you trying to say? Like, like you were saying about the mom and Jill thing, like, what did that give us that this guy is like sexually rep- repressed or something? And like, right. And again, to what you were saying about the, 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 mockumentary angle is like that's to me really what this film was trying to do more so show the society yeah and i think that'd be that was the parts that i liked Mm -hmm. (laughs) the posters the the technology like that was the stuff i was into yeah and that's how i feel about the the dreams too where it's like it didn't it didn't add anything useful except for the motivation of like let me track down this woman who looks like someone from my dreams everything else like you didn't need it yeah. Like, we already knew he was trying to escape the society. Like, we already, we could show that differently. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. You agree with Roger Ebert about this film, too. Oh, okay. Two out of four stars. He claimed it was hard to follow. Felt it lacked a confident grasp on its characters' roles. In a story awash in elaborate special effects, sensational <laughs> sets, apocalyptic scenes of destruction, and a general lack of discipline. Ooh, Okay. Harsh. It sounds like you. I mean, that sounds like what I you're mean. Saying. Yeah, that so. is basically what I'm saying. It's fucking. <laughs> I I'm a big proponent of editing. Like yeah. I just am. Like if if someone shows me a million options for something, I'm like, why did you waste my time? Like, <laughs> don't do that. Sorry, I'm harsh. All right. What about this? What about mm. the ending here, where he just loses it? Right. He mm-hmm. he goes crazy and everything. Mm-hmm. I think that helps justify all the ridiculousness. Sure. But what should we take away from that? I mean, like, we've been oh. faced with this, like, monolith, this opponent, the the state, right? This mm-hmm. this fascist entity. And Gilliam kind of shows us the only thing he thinks can, like, fight that is just a personal sort of, like, retreat or refusal. Yeah, the only thing that fights it is going insane. Yeah. Which makes me think of those corny t-shirts that are, like... You don't have to be crazy to work here, but it helps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very bleak, but I mean, I, I knew, I feel like if not halfway, probably earlier than halfway, there's not going to be like a good ending to this. Like there's, 
this society is very entrenched and like even if they had gotten out pastorally you'd be like well the rest of the world is still very bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah and yeah like you said that would be an individual solution like good you got out great Mm -hmm. everyone else is still fucked (laughs) i think we've mentioned this before in the show too but that is an issue with dystopic fiction is that there often is no way out yeah So you have to, like, invent really stupid ways out, like, you know, have one guy take it down and they have to have a showdown. And it's like, that would, that's not how that works. Yeah. And (laughs) I mean, narratively, it's more exciting to follow, but it's not, you know, a mass movement is not as exciting to write for or to depict. And it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's a lot of logistics and there's too many fucking characters. So, like, I get it. Star Wars is a very good example that we blow up the big station and it's like, will we do it again? Like, yeah, that's yeah. the only solution you can ever have in that is we blow up the big thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so final ratings, two thumbs down. <laughs> no, uh, my original rating was one out of five. Some of the jokes were funny, I guess. That was my full review. Yeah. I'm amending that to a two out of five. I nice. liked I liked the jokes. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, it's just, just the dream sequences, man. More jokes, please. <laughs> More jokes, please. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give it four out of five. I've been shamed out of giving wow. it five out of five. Oh, I'm sorry. You can like it if you want. I like it. I do. Uh, it's a third or something. Watch for me. Or I've, I've watched it several times. Um, yeah. and hadn't thought through some of the, some of the <laughs> critical elements of it and stuff. Um, yeah. and like you said, it definitely doesn't do a good job in terms of character development or its representation of characters either. Another reason I'm, I hate this. So I, you know, my Reddit search, one of the f- fucking people on it, like, <clears throat> there's like, you just don't get it. And like, just start explaining all the symbols. And I read it and I was like, no, I get all the symbols. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get it. I just don't like it. Like, yeah, it, it's, it feels like a movie that, that people, like the fact that it's this cult classic and you had all these people being like, no, let me explain to this person that doesn't like it. I'm like, no, like, ugh. <laughs> there are people who don't like it because they don't get it, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. What are we doing next week? All right. Next week, uh, we are going to be talking about Vietnam. Okay. It's a big ass topic. That's that's a whole country. Yes. Yeah. We're not going to cover its entire history or anything like that. Uh, so we'll kind of, well, we'll get into the details more of it next week when you tune in. Um, but we'll be, yeah, we'll be talking about the, the more modern history of Vietnam leading up to its becoming a socialist republic and all that. All right. Well, in the meantime, you can find us online. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism, Gmail. If you want to be like, Christine, that was such a bad take of that movie. Let me explain. <laughs> I probably will get mad about it, but you can definitely email me. Yeah. You can also email us about my takes and how they're not good. So. <laughs> whichever one if you like neither of our takes you can do that that's fine i guess you can do that yeah (laughs) if you want to leave a review (laughs) after all that saying don't critique us you should still leave a review on apple Podcasts. it's a very good way to help people find the show and we actually do listen to criticism myself included (laughs) yes please do that we like it we're also on youtube that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts and we have a patreon for five bucks a month you get access to our notes. So this week we'll get both of our notes on this movie. Yeah. Mine are probably more extensive. Yeah. Mine are very just brief. There's some emojis in there. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for enduring this movie with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. I just wasn't meaning this episode. It's okay. I appreciate that you took a fresh... Per- you know, the audience probably gets tired of listening to us agree with each other on things. It was fun to have different <laughs> perspective, you know? Okay, okay. Well, that's a good like, excuse. Finally, they think differently. <laughs> They're not the same person. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, listeners, for tuning in this week. You can catch us next week on another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.